So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 6, Episode 13 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, the family Libley cuts and throws a cake, Brendan and Julia finally lock Betty and Ron out, Michael worries about having some intimate alone time, Asuelu tries to keep his family on their best behavior, Mike lets it all out on Natalie, and Jovi and Yara finally get a date night. As always, we'll end with our class dunces, students of the week, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, please listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you? By the beach. By the beach. I'm at a new beach this time. I've just been bouncing up. I'm just going up the East Coast beaches, apparently. That's my, that's my, that's been my July, (laughs) going all kinds of different beaches. Um, So this is a new one, but this one was fun because we had a Wi-Fi issues. So part of the reason that we're recording a a day late and getting this out a day late, which we apologize for, for everybody. Yeah, definitely. So we're also kind of on a weird schedule, so we will not be doing a segment on Darcy and Stacey this week either, but I think we'll double up next week. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. We're keeping an eye on it. So Instead of that, let's just I don't know, let's just start with a big long one this time, and um, I'm going to start with Libby and Andre. So Libby and Andre are already back home in Florida after everybody else flew home but them, and they drove the RV by themselves. Libby's practicing her Romanian, but according to Libby, her relationship with Andre and Chuck is better than ever. But her with her siblings, things are pretty bad. To Andre, that means this is like that's a fifty fifty result from the trip. <laughs> they go off to meet with Chuck at a new property where Andre is the partner on. They get there first, and apparently it, like, smells and is a mess. The plan for this is for Chuck to be the money, Andre to be the do-sometimes-somethings that he knows how to do, and Libby, you know, because she's the woman and is good with colors, is going to do the designing. Chuck shows up, and they start giving ideas, like what walls to walk down and, and things like that, but what comes up is that Andre wants to be the one who does the listing. Chuck says he's okay with that, but tells them to brace for a shit show when Becky finds out. Andre thinks he deserves his chance since Charlie lost money on the last few properties because he was in party mode. And the plan is to make a lot of money and to throw it in everyone's face when they get mad because you can't argue with success. So in the next scene, we get the, the fight that we were promised. On the surface, they're at a store to rent a moon bounce for Elliot's birthday party with all three sisters and their kids trying them out. So Libby wants to get, you know, all the news about the house flip just out in the open right now before the birthday party and because she doesn't want the blow up to happen well she doesn't want the blow up to happen at the birthday party um libby says that you know andre has been oh i'm sorry she breaks the news to him directly and they're not surprised but they think it's pretty shady that andre has been giving something for free becky thinks um now that she used to be the one who was on the andre train and now she's off and she sees what her siblings were talking about he's infiltrating their efforts (laughs) Anyway, Libby says that she kind of understands what's up, like in her perspective. It's a successful Andre is a threat to them and they don't like it. So anyway, then we get to the birthday party. At the second, you know, every, everyone but Charlie is coming over for the party and Andre is ready, says he's ready for Ben and Jackie, to, Becky, Becky and Jen. I like Jen, Jackie, <laughs> Becky, I don't know. Anyway, he's going to try his best to stay cool. He also warns 
Becky, when they get there, that he should keep it low because it's his house and his kid's birthday party. Um, things don't, don't, don't go great to start because the sisters immediately start to try to get under his skin. At one point, and then at one point, it gets really weird. Andre starts cutting the birthday cake before they sing the happy birthday song and everybody starts yelling at him and then they sing the song with everybody standing up and it, it, it's weird. He thinks everybody is just trying to be controlling by stopping him from cutting the birthday cake. So anyway, they do sing to her and after he starts to cut the cake, Jen and Becky, that for some reason, that was the moment that they decided to explode all over everything. Uh, we get one of those really confusing conversations where I'm not sure what everybody was saying because they were just like yelling at each other the whole time. Anyway, Chuck, Chuck is trying to just weather the storm here, but you know, Andre makes things worse because he starts pointing fingers, literally pointing fingers. And that's when the cake gets thrown at Andre and Jen just walks out. So that was the big thing. Cake getting thrown. Woo. Oh no. Mm. Okay. So the, the thing here is, and I'm kind of curious, is that Chuck is insistent this whole time that he's not doing anything for Andre that he didn't do for his other children. Yes. Do you do you believe that? Do you think that's that's an accurate assessment? I don't know. I don't not believe him because Becky and Jen never said anything about that. The argument that they keep on saying is you're taking money out of our own pockets, right? You're mm-hmm. like stealing money from us essentially. But right. Libby has always been a property manager it sounds like, but it doesn't sound like she's ever yes. been involved in the flipping. So I think it's absolutely possible that Chuck has done a flip with at least, you know, each one individually where he split it with just them. And Libby's never had that opportunity because that's not part of the family business she's been in. And so Chuck is kind of saying, like, this is Libby's house, like, even though Andre is the one kind of doing the work. So it's like their family's house. So I can see that. And so I don't think he's Mm -hmm. wrong. Um, I think Jen and Becky just let this one go, you know? And if you see it being a Mm -hmm. pattern, then get mad about it because then it's a pattern and like, this is how it's going to be. But, you know, they're just getting crazy over something that I don't know, just let it play out. That's the thing is they're not letting it play out. And I I don't know. And the thing that bothers me about it is, is specifically Becky. Um, Well, the both of them, but from Becky's perspective, being the one who is on their in their business, the listing agent. Mm -hmm. Right. It seems to me the hard part about being a listing agent is finding people who want to list their property with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And her entire career has been just her dad dropping money into her lap. Yeah. Like dropping. No, no, no. Not that she didn't work for the money, but, you know, dropping leads into her lap, dropping Things that like just, you know, do this work and you get paid, Mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of not the hard part about being a listing agent. And so to me, it just sounds like this whole thing is Becky being like, yes, he's taking money out of my pocket, but he's taking money out of your pocket that somebody else was putting in there. Yeah. Right? And so it's like, it's like, I don't think you get to complain about that. Like if somebody else, you know, it's like if you have a client base or you have a client, right? And they're like, listen, I'm going to go with somebody else for this one. You don't get to be mad at the other person and be like, how dare you take my money? Sorry. Like your client doesn't, he doesn't owe you anything besides the properties that he gave you. And and to to me, it's just like, yeah. So then this gravy train is driving up, is drying up. Okay. But it was a gravy train, right? If you're so dependent on one other person to have all of your income from, and you're like, he's taking money out of my pocket. If this one particular person, don't think of it as your dad, think of it as a client, right? Mm. I'm sorry if you if your entire thing is this client owes me all of their business, 
then that's bad. You're, you're wrong. You're in the yeah. wrong there. Yeah. I just think that this they all need like some pretty intensive therapy like together because all of them, and I'm not saying anyone is better than the other, reads too much into these things that are nothing. Right. And it's like most people wouldn't even think much about it. Yeah, they might be like, eh, like annoyed by that comment. But Andre saying right. like, you know, everything that Jen said, Becky said coming into Ellie's party, like that they're coming mm -hmm. after him. It's like, no, not really. They were just teasing you about how, you know, you were helping or didn't help. And they were, would have been impressed if you helped because they said it was nice. They're like, oh, the decorations are nice. Mm -hmm. Did you help with that? Oh, you know, because and it's not that insulting when he is the one who has constantly said, like, decorating is a woman's job. So, right. you know, if you're right. the one saying that half the time, you know, it's like, well, why would you be insulted that they asked if you helped? Of course I would help. Blah, yes. blah, blah. Yes, there is there is a fair amount of and this might be a language barrier thing, too, of Andre not under not understanding the difference between like ribbing and actually insulting you. Yeah. Right. You know, like, do they mean it seriously? Or are they being half-hearted sarcastically? And I could totally see that being a language barrier thing. Mm -hmm. But I definitely agree with you on the, like, if they're going to hash this stuff out, they need a mediator and they need yeah. a therapist. And it's not going to be a birthday party or a cookout or an RV trip, like yeah, just showing sure. them together and like having them we've seen that without intervention like we've seen what it turns into every single time yeah and we've seen that chuck is not an effective mediator because that's the role right. that you know they're kind of expecting him to play but i also think that's like the worst person because it's like he's the person like the attention that they're trying to win over so that person can't be the judge and the mediator you know like right and yeah, he's the per yeah he's the person that they're fighting over. Yeah, and but he's also the person that has a very specific vision of what he wants this to look like at the end, mm -hmm. and that's really not how you can go into resolving problems. You can't. Yeah, the problems can be resolved, but they might be resolved in a way that looks different than Chuck thinks it's going to look. Yeah, and he's not going to be uh, uh, you know amenable to that, and he wants something to be a certain way. Right. Right. Um, I was very disturbed by this whole cake part of the, uh, the argument, you know, what started off uh -huh. with them talking about cake and Jen was absolutely fair and saying like, that's not how this works. And it's not like it was her first birthday. And you hear Libby right. like kind of defending it too. Like, no, don't cut the cake. Like, what are you doing? So, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know why he's taking it personally for one. And then, like, two, how did it escalate from talking about the cake to then talking about this deal? And it's just like, oh, my goodness, can we please just stop? And Jen's behavior in front of her, she's not a teenager, but she's not young. She's aware to, like, no, yeah, understand yeah, yeah. what's going on. Like, I'd say she's eight or nine by the, by the height. It seemed to me like what I was looking for. He was cutting the cake for her. Like he was cutting the cake for Jen. So he wasn't getting his yeah. own piece of cake. Right. Because it seemed like I think she was like, hey, Uncle Andre, where, when were you having cake? And he was like, oh, I'll get you some cake right now. Yeah. We'll just go get some cake. And then he started cutting the cake. And we're like, what are you doing? Instead of just being like, you know, the thing we were supposed to, which is a cultural thing, I guess. But you're right. It's not his first birthday party. They yeah. have these birthday parties all the time, I'm sure. But to just be, you know, go and be like, hey, people are getting hungry for cake. Why don't we do it now? 
you know, yeah. and then that like that is a kind of thing. But it was just like, and the way it was like, he said it, but yeah, he also didn't get it. He he takes everything so personally. Like it yes. wasn't that people were like correcting him and like, oh no, we need to do the whole candle thing before we cut any cake. He was like, they're just trying to control me. It was like, that's not what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, every birthday uh, would be right. people trying to control someone else. That seems odd. Yeah, right. This whole sham of a candle thing. It's all a control thing. But only for one person specifically, not yeah. for everybody. <laughs> just oh every God. time we have candles, there's one person at the birthday party that we all just get off on enjoy on, on controlling. And that's oh, what we're right. doing by doing the candle thing. <sighs> but I think what I meant specifically is Jen throwing the cake at Andre in front of her daughter. Like that was just oh, gross yes. to me. Like, and then, and then he's kicking them out and she's like, okay, we got to go, you know? And it's just like, that's sad. Your mom is getting kicked out of the house because she threw a cake at someone else. Yeah. That one, I couldn't tell if it was a, you can't fire me. I quit type thing. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I think she was like, we're leaving. And he was like, well then get out. And it's like, well, yes, that's what leaving means. <laughs> right. But like, she has to usher her daughter out. Like that's awkward and who was probably having fun playing with her cousins oh man it's terrible it is terrible it is terrible and and the thing was you could tell the thing that that changed and that's what i I pointed out the thing that changed everything is once andre started pointing fingers and i can't get why andre doesn't just he's won he has what he wanted yeah he has his 50 50 split with chuck is just let them yell and be the crazy people like you don't need to say anything back. You don't need to point fingers and say, well, you, you, you. He just like, listen, I got – I'm just trying to be a businessman here. I got a business deal. You all want to freak out about it. Go ahead. And it sounded like that was his goal at the beginning, right? Because he even said like but going into it. he quickly failed like, that so fast. I, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. You're going to try playing nice. All right, all right. Because it's not even about playing nice. Like you can definitely – just be like, I'm just, I'm just out. I'm out. I don't need to have this argument. I'm not even in business with you. Like you have nothing to do with this business deal. So yeah. why would I talk to you about it? I'm done. Right. But instead he, he points his finger. And as soon as he started pointing fingers, that's when things got turned up to 11. Yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on, cause I have more groups than you this time. Yeah. Let's go to, oh, more family drama, but doesn't pay out this time is Kalani and Asuelu. Anyway, so it's, it's time for the big holiday visit. And Asuelu is here to pick up his mom, um, Lucina, Tammy, and her kids for the big Christmas party thing. Asuelu, just like everybody else, is justifiably worried about how Tammy is going to act around Kalani's family. Tammy starts in pretty quickly with the comments when they when, when Asuelu gets there. Well, why did you give mom such a fake kiss? When are you going to start sending money? Things like that. Anyway, soon that he brings up the topic of everyone being nervous. And Lucina and Tammy are confused. Yeah, she threatened to beat everybody up, but that was like a long time ago. <laughs> Who even remembers that? Anyway, Tammy says she does say she'll be on her best behavior, but, you know, even on my best behavior, somebody's going to come for me, they're going to get got. So, and also kind of implied that the tell-all was her best behavior. So anyway, he, this Swaylu does talk to everybody and makes them all promise to be cool, to be cool before they get in the car and go. So, I mean, I feel like we've been spoiled with the next time on ones, but what do you think of the chances of everyone being cool <laughs> as they get to uh, Well, okay. Had I not seen what was going to happen in the preview, I would have thought that it might have been okay. The biggest difference between the mm-hmm. situation now um, compared to the last situation where we saw them in Seattle is one, Tammy's kids are there, right? 
And I would think, but, you know, given we just talked about Andre, uh, Jen and her daughter, like, I would think you would not want right. to start wanting to start family shit, like, especially physically in front of your kids. Like, what kind of terrible example is that? That and, you mm-hmm. know, it's Christmas time. Like, you know, it's, if everyone just keeps their digs to themselves, right? Because I don't even know exactly where the drama escalates, but I imagine it being something about Christmas presents and the quality of Christmas presents and the money being sent to the family. And then all of a sudden you have like, oh. you know, gifts. Yeah, I could definitely see the digs coming in from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got them such nice gifts. You can't afford to send money for mom. Yeah. 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 So even Tammy started off like talking about, you know, uh, you know, where I've been sending mom money. Why haven't you been sending money? It's just like, are we still on this? Like nothing has changed. I don't understand what she thinks she's going to get out of it by repeating this request because all of a sudden, you know, oh no, I was waiting for the magical eighth time you asked. And now I'll be like, yes, now I'll send money. It's like, I don't really understand yeah. like what she thinks is going to change yeah. or what's going to be any different this time around. So Right. But I also think that, you know, and the issue we had at the tell all was that as much as Tammy is a hothead, mm-hmm. right, Colini is a pretty effective shit starter. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. She's going to have some digs too, right? And that, that Tammy's not going to be able to let go. Like if, you, if anybody says anything about, well, Tammy, you said you were going to beat everybody up, she's not going to let it go and right. be like, oh, well, she's going to be like, that's right. I said that because <laughs> it's true and it's going to be like, and then we get bad, right? So I could see a whole bunch of ways. We know we kind of saw in the previews that it's it's going to go south. I can see a lot of different pathways there. Yes. Yes, definitely. I wonder a little bit how much Colini is more of a shit starter because she recognizes the situation that they're in. Right. She knows we're on a uh-huh. reality show. Hey, listen, we're trying to, like, keep this gravy train going as long as we can, because isn't I think Colini has a OnlyFans. So, you know, she's, and I Mm -hmm. think she's trying to do the whole influencing thing. So I can see her leaning into the role. Whereas Tammy, I just think is straight up crazy. Like Tammy has no awareness. I don't think Tammy's trying to capitalize on any kind of fame. Tammy just wants to fight someone. So I think like two very differing motivations here. So yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see, but they're at the same time, even though they have different motivations, same outcome, you know? It's one of those things that people just have a very different comprehension of what I do around what I do in front of my kids, right? Mm -hmm. I just think like people like Tammy are like, why should I act any different in front of my kids? I'm myself. This is the way I am. Like, why would would I pretend otherwise in front of my kids? And also would say like, will my kids want to stand up? My kids better learn to stand up for themselves. They're going to watch me do it. And it's like, yeah, because I don't. Because, I mean, you know from from as well as you know me very well. I don't fight in front of my kids. If I want to have a disagreement with somebody. It, it, but, and also, but I've also, I can't, when's the last time I had like an actual screaming disagreement with somebody? Yeah. I can't even remember. Yeah. I can't even remember. It's probably from before I had kids. And so it's just like, I do want to see them. I do want to show my kids, you know, conflict resolution, but this, sure. you know, what, what, what Jen did and what Tammy does is not convict conflict resolution oh, no, it's con- conflict not. escalation right <laughs> nothing was resolved at the end of either what they did yeah yeah definitely oh goodness okay uh let's move on to actually i was really surprised at how entertained i was by mike and natalie this time around i felt like in a very weird okay. way 
there was some progress and something different happened. And I don't know. It was just, yes, yes. I was, it was more compelling in the presentation. Yeah. There was a, there was a lot more nuance about what, about the things that have been going on. Yes. I feel like. So Natalie is meeting with her Russian friend, Juliana in Seattle, because she needs distance from Michael and all of their fighting. They talk about how Michael gaslights Natalie and how he always has the upper hand. She thinks because of the language barrier and Natalie's frustrated that she's always being asked to explain herself when she struggles with translations. Natalie is also frustrated that Michael is so tied to his mom and she feels like she's just not being heard. After talking to Juliana, uh, Natalie plans on confronting Michael about her feelings. Natalie and Michael are taking a stroll and Mike is acting moody. Natalie tells him that she wants to talk to him. She says she thinks the problem is that he doesn't hear her and shuts her down by calling her crazy. She brings up specifically the visit with his mom, and Michael continues to defend his mom and says he doesn't know why she keeps bringing it up. Michael also refuses to talk about it in the interview, which is where most of the drama ends up happening. Natalie insists that his mom called her a hooker. Michael says that she should just ask herself, and he hands her a phone so they can once and for all get to the bottom of it by talking to Trish. Instead of asking her about the hooker comment, uh... Natalie starts off by asking Trish about what her impression is of her. Trish says that Natalie takes advantage of Michael and is mean to him. Michael gets annoyed and asks why Natalie isn't just asking her about the hooker comment. Trish insists that she never called her anything remotely close to hooker. Trish brings up what happened on Christmas and Michael then says, yeah, they're getting into it. It ends up that Natalie took all the gifts he got her and gave them to a family. Michael then tells her it's childish, and if she doesn't get with the program, she should just get out. Michael tells us that Natalie has only spent one night at the house since Christmas because she stays at Julia's house, and it actually ends up that she has a room there. Michael has lost it and claims that he loves her 100% and demands to know what her endgame is. Natalie just looks like she's in pain, but has no real response. Michael says he's done and he's out as he walks off set. Natalie says that she doesn't like how he treats her, but he doesn't listen to her. And he claims she never talks to him and he's never there. All right. So there was a lot going on. Um, And it Mm -hmm. sounds like they're both right in a way. Um, Yes. You know, Natalie is, you know, her whole defense is like, you don't hear me. I'm trying to be heard, mm-hmm. you know, and then because you don't hear what I'm trying to tell you, she gets really frustrated and she shuts down. And then Mike right. picks up on the part where she's shut down and is like, you're not talking to me. Why don't you tell me what's mm-hmm. wrong? And she's like, well, I have been telling right. you what's wrong. You're just not hearing it. So let's do a check in. Are we team Natalie or team Michael after what you saw today? I mean, I think. You know, to to preface that, I think they're both terrible. Yeah. And terrible for each other, right? Terrible for each other. And terrible for each other. Like like either one of these people would be an impossibly frustrating person to be in a relationship with. Yes. Right? I I, I do believe that. So on this. However, in this episode, I'm team Mike. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think Mike comes out on top in this episode because he has – specific actionable things, well, actionable, but specific concerns 
of tangible things that she's doing mm-hmm. and, and that he doesn't like that he brings up and her response is just, I'm going to sit here and pout. Yeah. You know, like, and so she doesn't resent. So, so it, that makes his side of the story seem more believable than her side of the story. It's like, cause she, and, and cause the things when she does, when she does say it, it's, it's not anything about the thing he's bringing up. Right. 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 It's, it's just this, this overall kind of thing. Okay. Well, you know, why do you spend every night at, at Julia's? And she's like, because I have a room there. And it's like that, <laughs> that that's not really what we're talking about here. Right. Right. Yeah. So I was curious as to when this interview was actually filmed because he makes it sound sure. like, you know, it's, she's barely at the house, you know, one night since Christmas, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, was this filmed in January or was this filmed in May? You know, like two very different right. timelines where it's like, well, how long has it been since you've stayed home? And Michael mm-hmm. even tells mm-hmm. us that, you know, sh- they had had sex one of the nights and she got up afterwards and, and like she got went up and to left. Julia- yep. you know, Juliana's house. And mm-hmm. it's weird because it, I don't know if they were trying to go for this, but I definitely got vibes like production was trying to play it off like lesbian lovers, like in the preview, you know, oh, when they're like laying yeah, on no. the bed and like talking with one another and like getting close ups on the eyes that Julia's giving Natalie, you know, and it's just like, uh-huh, I don't know uh-huh. if they're tr- they were trying to imply that or if that was just an accident, but I don't know. It just kind of seems like they're trying to plant these seeds of there's something going on there. And that's the reason why she'd yeah. rather spend time with her girlfriend than with Mike. No, I, I I don't believe that. I just think she's still, however long she's been there, still incredibly uncomfortable at Mike's house. Yeah. Julia probably has a heater. And that's yeah. probably a big thing considering it's the dead of winter at this point. Even if they weren't fighting, she'd be like, well, I'd rather stay at this place than this than your place because her place is physically more comfortable. Yeah. And and also because they're, they aren't going to fight. I'm not going to get into a stupid fight at her house. I can actually like relax and know, your, know that, you know, the rest of the night isn't going to randomly turn into a shouting match. Yeah. Right. And I get that too. But whoever's fault it is. I can understand not wanting to, you know, have, think I'm sitting down for a relaxing night and then, you know, 20 minutes later be shouting at people. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so and so I, I get that. But it was like, I mean, so much of the stuff was like so weird that the, the, you know, the, the, the sniping till Christmas thing was weird. And like, but the weirdest part to me and that that's what really put me on Team Mike this time is when he called her mom. Yeah. Who, especially because we did that. We are calling my mom for a very specific reason. Mm -hmm. You said she called you a hooker. Let's call her and ask her about this, Mm -hmm. which is, by the way, what we wanted them to do however many months ago when (laughs) it first happened, right? And she calls and does she she ask what she said she was going to ask? No, she wants to have this other conversation. And that's where his frustration comes from, I think, a lot of the times is you're like, let's talk about this. And then she starts talking about something different. Mm -hmm. And you're like, but wait, 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 we didn't talk about that thing we were going to talk about, right? And this is a good example of that. And he even calls her out on it. He's like, no, 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 ask her the question we called for. Mm-hmm. Like, ask her the question we called for because it's all about what is your impression of me? And that's what I was saying. When she goes – she keeps taking these small bore issues, which add up to bigger issues. Mm-hmm. But when she talks about it, she wants to talk this huge, big swath of stuff all at once. 
and that doesn't work. Yeah, and I don't really understand what she was trying to get out of asking that question. It's almost like she mm-hmm. knew that she was wrong and that she, or, you know, or that Trish was going to deny it, right? And have something right. else to kind of back up how she felt anyway. Oh, well, you have mm-hmm. a poor impression of me, so who cares if you called me a hooker or not? Because the fact of right. the matter is you don't like me, right? And so I feel right. that that maybe is what she was trying to do there. Because at the end of the day, is it that she called her a hooker? Like, yeah, maybe that's why she acted like a, you know, a brat when that happened. But that's not mm-hmm. why she's still holding on to that. You know, she's holding right, on to that's... it because, you know, she knows that mom does not like her. Right. And But then, but, and that's from Mike. And Mike is a much simpler person. He's taking everything she says at its face value, right? And the face value she brings up isn't that, wow, your mom clearly doesn't like me, right? Yeah. Which I think, which is, that's where the gaslighting comes in. Because Mike would say, no, she does like you. And no, her mom does not like her. Yeah. Like, we all know this. Yeah. Like, like just, that part is like, okay, you, you can argue about the hooker thing all you want. But the fact that he comes in there and goes, no, my mom does like you is like, no, that that's a lie. We all know that's a lie. She doesn't like you. But she doesn't say, oh, I don't like that your mom doesn't like me. Um, she specifically says, your mom called me a hooker. And that's what the issue is, right? That's what he tell, That's what she tells him the issue is. And he is just not good at, at, at having a different fight that, you know, it's like, okay, well, is it really about that, sh- that she said that specific word or is it about something more? And he's just wants to argue about that specific word. Yeah, definitely. These two, it's just, you know, spoiler, I don't think it's a secret at any point, but I mean, yeah. this I'm going to assume is before it came out that they were, you know, going through a separation. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think the rumor is that they're back together again now. And so it's just like, I why? Why just, are they, they just they just OK, they're both bad relationship people, right? They're both like I wouldn't want to have a fight with either one of these people. But they also uniquely like calibrated to be the worst, <laughs> worst kind of relationship for the other person when they get into an argument. And so it's just it's just it's just rough. All right. So going to people who are not as rough this time, let's go to Brandon and Julia. So Brandon is trying to get things packed for the big move, but Julia is too busy playing with bubbles and a German shepherd. It's last night on the farm and Brandon is a little nervous about leaving his childhood home. Julia is very excited to live without parents and animals, but is really be excited to, you know, finally be able to make her own decisions about things. They all get the boxes packed and Ron asks if they're ready. And when Brandon hesitates, he reminds Brandon that, you know, for the farm, one day this could all be yours. But, you know, in Julia, Julia kind of says in an interview that if that's the case, then we'll just sell it and buy a nice house with a pool. <laughs> Betty gets all choked up repeatedly and often this this episode, but this time it's thinking about them leaving. She talks about it like Brandon is moving to like Mars or something, even though they um, – and they try to really play it like the 35 minutes to Richmond is like this huge insurmountable thing. Brandon expresses um, – well, and Brandon expresses his concerns that Julia seems to want to be putting separation between him and his parents. The next morning, Brandon, Julia, and Ron are moving things into the car while Betty mysteriously disappears while there's work to do. Betty gives her goodbye speech and then just keeps crying every time she thinks about them not coming back ever, forever. Anyway, Julia, when they are going their way, is really excited about their sex life being better now because, you know, she doesn't care if the other people in the apartment hear them. Because who cares about them? 
Anyway, we get there, and at the apartment, Betty is even less help than on the farm. And she just kind of stands in the kitchen while everybody moves boxes around her. And they get into talking about what's going to happen in, you know, the next year plan or the five-year plan. And while they, you know, kind of do some planning, like, is, is, is Brandon only going to listen to Julia now? That seems to be Ron's concern. But anyway, then Betty and Ron leave, and Julia really fast makes Brandon make sure make sure that Brandon locks the door behind them. <laughs> lock the door. Lock the door. <laughs> All right. So how often, you know, absent the show, because I'm sure the show will encourage it more often than maybe not. How often do you would you anticipate them going back um, visiting the farm? Well, if it were up to Brandon every Sunday, didn't he say? He said they were going to be poor. Yeah. They were going to need free meals. And I definitely mm-hmm. feel that Brandon is going to capitalize on that because he's sure. that kid that's going to be like, oh, I don't want to pay to do laundry. I'll just take all my laundry to mom and dad's house. Oh, yep. you know, it'd be really totally. great. I can We can go over there, do laundry, get a free meal out of this, you know, and just kind of be cheap because – I'm I am a little worried about their financial situation, you know, even mm-hmm. if it's not that much, it's still a lot more than he's, ex- you know, was paying before. And so he's going to try to be cheap in totally. other ways. So I think sure. once a week for, for a laundry day and dinner. There's a lot of people, especially people who live relatively close to their parents that have the once a week thing. Yeah. Like like Sunday the Sunday lunch or the the you know the, the Friday dinners or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's definitely. not that's not completely unheard of and that's not the thing. It's just I I was struck by like keeping to remind myself every time I watch this episode and every time I watch what they were saying and what they were doing in this episode that this guy's almost 30. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It felt like the kind of feelings and the kind of you know, thing you go through when somebody's 18 and going to college. Like, oh, I can't believe he's not going to be here anymore. And I worried about them, the decisions they'll make when they're gone. And I was like, he's a married 28-year-old dude. Like, you have to you have to have a little bit of a different uh, perspective on that. Yeah, definitely. Betty was funny to me in this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was her little way of protesting the move, but it was hilarious to me how she kind of was in the area like she was working, but not really. And even Ron said, yeah. your mom has a way of disappearing when she when like, you know, uh, when the work has to happen. Yeah. Well, it was funny because in the apartment, she had nowhere to disappear to. So she was just like literally standing in the kitchen being like, oh, you're putting those boxes there. Okay. Well, that seems like a place for those to go. Sure. <laughs> and like sitting on the counter and just waiting for everybody to come back up with more boxes. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing, Betty? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Too, too funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, their whole situation, um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I wouldn't say that theirs was the most entertaining to me this time around. No. Except for no. maybe I mean, I... Betty's hair. What the hell is going on with her <laughs> hair? It just keeps getting worse and worse. Uh, maybe it's, you know, she can't deal with it because she's so sad that Julia and Brandon won't be there every day <laughs> and have to go to, you know, one week. Anyway, I, I did I did get a kick out of Julia this time because she was so excited and like all the reasons she was excited. Yeah. Be like, listen, she was like, listen, I don't like I didn't want them to hear me. When we get to the new apartment, the other people can hear me. I don't care about them. Yeah. But I didn't want his parents to hear me. That's weird. Right. And then like, yeah, as soon as as soon as they as soon as they walked out, she was like, go lock the door. Lock the door. Lock the door now. Go get it. <laughs> Because she was right. It was like there's a decent chance they were going to double back and be like, so, hey, we yeah. – Oh, yeah. We so we're thinking. One more thing Let's we're gonna go say. to dinner real yeah. quick. Yep. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Totally could have seen that. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk uh, Michael and Angela. So Michael is hanging out with Bodie and the goofballs who are disappointed that Michael has reconciled with Angela. Michael knows that Angela doesn't like them, but he says he will still hang out with them, you know, every once in a while, which Ade is having second thoughts because Michael insists on oversharing about their video sex chat. They all compare mm-hmm. Angie's boobs to different kinds of fruit. And Michael tells us that he likes big boobs because he was breastfed until he was nine. Yikes. So, yeah. Okay. Different cultures, different things. Sure. Michael tells his friends that the plan is to fertilize Skyla's egg and have Angela carry it. The friends do a reality check and tell him that now is the time and suggest that he ships sperm to the U.S. Michael then wonders how that will happen, considering it's against his religion to masturbate. His friends tell him that it's only fair that they hire a fertility doctor to get in, uh, get this insemination going, considering Angela spent all that money on her own surgeries. Michael calls Angela to have a talk with her about having a baby. Angela thinks he's out of his mind and that they should wait for him to get there. Michael tells her he's met with the goofballs and Angela immediately jumps to to the conclusion that they're the reason he's been acting like an ass this whole time. Michael tells uh, her that it was uh, their idea to get his sperm frozen and shipped. Angela says he's out of his mind because Skyla will not donate an egg and Angela wants to enjoy the body that she just got. She agrees to it anyway, as long as Michael masturbates with her on the phone. Michael thinks that she will try and sabotage and make fun of him while it's happening. Angela says mm-hmm. if her support makes him happy, eh, she'll go along with it. All right. Um, this seems like a very flawed plan. Are you even allowed to ship yeah. sperm? Like going through customs oh i'm not sure how that the, the, the like it seems like you wouldn't sure be able, able to ship biomatter like customs wise right i'm, I'm sure there's got to be a way to do it because people do it with um like animal husbandry i'm pretty sure people do it internationally right, for like though? animals i think so like i do i i, I think so I think i'm not sure th- i think a courier is different than shipping Okay. Well, I mean, then they would have a career do it, I guess. I don't know. Maybe there's a maybe there's a service for it. I don't imagine that there's really that much demand okay. to ship that from Nigeria so, to the United States. That wasn't really my concern. My concern is what the heck is the next step? We've already heard from Angela this time because Angela, she yes. was pretty confident. Oh, I can convince Skyla. She already said Skyla isn't giving her egg. So... You're sending sperm over here, but to what end? What is the next step? Where is the sperm yeah, going? I, I, I did like, I kind of liked Angela's attitude on this one. It's like, listen, I'm not going to be the one to tell you no, but this plan is not going to work. And if you <laughs> want to find out the hard way that this plan is not going to work, it's like, knock yourself great, out. Great. <laughs> I have a vial Go of ahead. sperm. What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You want me to put it in me? Sure. That's not going. Yep, but that's we, not sure. happening, right? Good. Good luck. Good yeah. luck with that. Yeah, because it's just. I mean, it just. I don't know. It seemed this whole thing seemed very forced to me. Yeah. Like it seemed like we need we need a storyline here. Uh, maybe you can ship your sperm to Angela. Maybe we'll go with that. Like, and because it, it almost seemed like either it was forced by production or the goofballs were just messing with him, and they were like, and at some point they were like, well, let's see how far he takes this. It was actually kind of funny to me a little bit because I was just like, oh, Angela, at first she was getting really argumentative. And then I feel Uh like there was definitely a moment of, 
yeah, this is a dumb idea anyway. Why am I fighting it? Sure, sure. I'll yeah. be supportive. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Whatever you want. Exactly. Whatever's going to make you happy. It's like, yeah, because you know that this is dumb and it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there was just so much going on here. Um, so what do you – let's say go with this. What do you think about his claim that he's – never masturbated oh no he said that he had it sounded like in the past but it sounds like he doesn't now oh i thought no i thought i thought he said he had never done it before he has like he was nervous about it because it's something he's never done before Mm. i thought it was also funny that uh you know, he said something to the producers about cheating on Angie. They're like, what? You cheated? And he's like, yeah, don't you remember the BJ for real? <laughs> right. Yes. They're like, there was cheating. And he was like, yeah, we, we, we've we been through this yeah, before. Yeah, the the whole meme and everything. Real. Yeah. Um, I believe he's never, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. It just seems, it, it seems weird to me because I, that was, but I was under the, I was under the impression that he said he'd never done it, that you do that, like you'll accept BJ's for road for you know a that ride, seems but worse, never, never right religiously. Never, that seems way worse, yeah, religious wise, right? Like my religion is against that, and it's like I'm pretty sure your religion's against the other thing too, right? I feel like on the whole spectrum of worse things in religion, like I would think that would be worse than masturbation. Yes, definitely, right? Like that's infidelity. That's a whole, but yeah, it's like I don't, I don't get it. And it's like. It's not that hard, but it's also I don't get Angela's thing. No, I can't tell. What do you think? How much was Angela really worried about like, well, I don't want you thinking about Underwithin or he was, or if she really was just like messing with him. And it's like, well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to be there. Oh, <laughs> I, just, uh, I don't. Throw it off on you. I don't put it past her. Like he said, she's going to mess with me mm-hmm. while I'm doing it. She is. Yeah. She is. But I was like, I wonder how much of it was her actually – you know, actually being like, well, I'm concerned. I don't want you thinking about other women versus how much it was her being like, no, I don't mess with this guy. (laughs) I mean, he can think about other women whenever, right? Yeah. But you know, she doesn't, you know, we had the whole boat thing. She's, she doesn't like that. She doesn't like the idea of that. And definitely it's one of those things that like, you can kind of, you know, accept the idea of it, but it's a little worse if you're like, I know that right now, right now he's thinking about other women. Like, I guess for her, I don't know. It doesn't bother me at all. So I'm kind of trying to project not my feelings on somebody else <laughs> yeah um it'll be interesting to see what what he thinks is going to happen next yeah right all right so moving on to our last couple that's jovi and yara so yara and jovi are on their way to the place where yara can finally let out and be the bougie person she really is miami so he's successfully convinced he has successfully convinced her to Bring along Miss Gwen so she can keep an eye on Milo while they're in in Miami with her. Jovi is nervous that, you know, boring Yara is making the trip, but Yara just wants to make sure that Milo never cries the entire trip. On the morning of a trip, Yara is finished packing and Jovi is putting unnecessary shoes on Milo. Yara tells us a very vivid and very specific idea of what she thinks Miami is like. Um, it involves like what drug dealers and um, like certain Cadillacs and <laughs> very specific fluffy jackets, fluffy jackets, of course. Yes. So Yara is very happy about how clean Miami is compared to New Orleans and wonders why she didn't marry some old rich Miami guy instead. After all that pushing and it really does look like she is happy to be somewhere new. They, after they take in the view from the hotel room, Jovi passes the baby off to Gwen and they try to get and tries to get them out of there. 
Yara gets dressed up in an outfit that she thinks might be too sexy. And they take an Uber that finally does not smell like vomit and weed, which is another improvement over New Orleans. Anyway, it's the first time they've been alone since Milo was born and jo Jovi is hoping to get some. But Yara kind of throws cold water on that by falling asleep on the Uber on the way to the date. <laughs> Once they get to the rooftop thing he has set up, Yara admits that the Miami trip was a good idea. But she then sneaks her phone out to check on Milo. Jovi insists that she needs to leave Milo alone since this is his mom and it's all taken care of. And he communicates his concern that she's kind of using Milo as an excuse to not pay attention to him. She denies it and says that's just what parents' lives are like. And they get into the same little back and forth as before. And he wants her to be um, like she was before. And Yara says they can't because things have changed. So, um, I don't know. What do you what do you think? Is 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 she doing too much? Is things definitely changed? Or is is he, you know, not asking asking for something appropriate here? I don't know. I think that they're both completely extreme in their views. Sure. And so it's mm -hmm. the answer is somewhere in between. Um, I right. do agree that there is, you know, a part of your relationship you do need to maintain. Um and it is frustrating for me as, and recognizing I am not a mom. I've never been a mom, you know, uh -huh. recognizing that, you know, she just, her life has become her child. And it's frustrating yes. for me to see that because it's like, she doesn't even care about having an identity outside of being a mom. And that's what Jovi is really trying to say. Listen, I love Myla. Like, yeah, maybe I wasn't ready to be a dad, but I get that this is where we are. I get that our life has to be different, but you're completely ignoring the fact that you are a wife and a partner to me. You know, you, mm -hmm. she pretty much just did everything on her own. Um, she makes all right. the decisions for the baby on her own. She kind of does whatever that she wants to do. And she like will not let this baby out of her sight. And that's really super frustrating. I, mm -hmm. as a viewer, because it's just like, you have to have an identity outside of being a mom. But at the same time, like, you know, Jovi kind of just wants her to completely forget that she's a mom every, you know, once in a while. So that way he can still have the fun that he's used to, you know, maybe a much smaller scale, but you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it is a little bit tricky on both of them right mm -hmm. and that she as you said she had completely lost her identity because she had an identity yeah. outside of being a mom before yeah and um that is just gone and but part of the reason of that and the part he doesn't acknowledge is because okay in the situation she was in she was a new mom alone for four months during covid yeah like what else did she have yeah besides being a mom that's true because right? she can't work She's not doing anything yes. else. Right. And so it, it it kind of not acknowledging that. And yes, kind of expecting her to kind of just snap her fingers back and forth between being those two things. Yeah. Right. Is is a bit much to ask. And he's kind of wants to go. And I think his theory is to like shock her out of it. Like we'll go to Miami. We'll do something completely different. And we'll just we'll get it out of your system right away. And it just it doesn't. It doesn't work like that after she's been working at this for, you know, so long. I think the poor dude just wants to have sex. Like he says that it's also been that, five months. Also that, that seems a lot. Mm -hmm. Like Well, he was gone he was gone for four of them. Okay. 
right? But that still leaves one month. Like I don't, I totally would get that frustration. Look, I've been gone for four months and like, it's really frustrating to me that like, that's, that's like on my list of things to do. Yeah, that's I'm married. certainly in the top three. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, like I, I get, you took that long plane ride. So everybody wants their shower and, and, and their sleep. And then after that, that's number three that I want right now. It's been four months, right? right. I get that. Well, how long is it after like postpartum? Like I didn't think six it's weeks. six weeks, right? So six yeah, weeks. it yep. seems excessive. Yeah, it's definitely past that time. Like it's not like the doctor is saying don't do it anymore, right? It's and so it's there. But yeah, I, I don't get and and you know, and I you know, I've had two kids. It was definitely like uh five and a half half weeks rounds up, right? Like, like, yes. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Like, like it's frustrating that – because it's frustrating for both things. It's frustrating that you're not getting what you want. But it's also frustrating that, yes, this person who clearly used to really be into doing this is not. This is how you all got pregnant in the first place. Twice. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so I definitely see where he's coming from with that – you know, with that. And there's, there's there's a lot of it. Um, where were they going? They were in the car long enough for her to be taking a nap. So they had to have been in the car for at least 20 minutes. Yeah. My impression is yeah, it was a 20 minute nap because she asked how long was I out? Yeah. It was 20 minutes. My impression was that the hotel room was not as close. Like, cause the way they kind of edited it, they were mm-hmm. like, you know, driving along South beach and all of a sudden they're in their hotel room. Yeah. I don't think their hotel room was actually like in Miami. I think they might've had a hotel room in like Coral Gables or something oh, like outside of the city. And then like we're driving back in, but what they where they were was not like a place. It wasn't like a bar or anything. It was no, like a setup a that rooftop. production had yeah. or something. Yeah, just a rooftop, which I guess was closer in the city. But yeah, so there's definitely some fudging going on about where they were staying. But it's just like when people go to Vegas, right? And the people go to Vegas, they don't actually stay on the strip yeah. for the show. Yeah, for the show, yes, specifically. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So we did not hear from Tiffany and Ronald this week. Nope. So, uh, who was your student of the week? Oh, my student of the week was Asuelu. Oh, mine too. How funny. I thought it was kind of a random pick, but. It was, but okay. But because we always see people, he didn't avoid conflict. He had the tough conversation. Mm -hmm. Here are the concerns. This is what happened. And that's a big step for him. He usually just like, whatever, it's fine. It'll be fine. But to go in there and be like, listen, everybody is nervous that you're going to do this, this, and this. I need you to not do that. Right. This is what I need out of you. Like he actually and said what he wanted in a clear voice. It not going to work, but at least he like brought on and, and, and addressed the problem directly. Right, right. That's true. Um, I think it's funny. He's like, I need you on to be on your best behavior. So it just mm-hmm. it's funny because it's like best of the best, best of the best behavior. Best That's what we best. need from you. I mean, it was definitely the kind of lecture you have to you like your your, your kids before you go, listen, we're going to dinner and it's a fancy restaurant. So you need to be on your best <laughs> behavior. I mean, I don't, I don't know how well it worked because like, because Tammy was always like, I've never not been on my best behavior. I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's like, oh, okay. Well then we need the opposite of whatever you think is your best behavior. Right? Yeah. Lucina wasn't much better either because she was just like, I'm mm-hmm. the mom. You, t- you listen to me. I don't listen to you. Right. You listen to me. It's like, oh gosh, this mm-hmm. is going to be a disaster. All right. What mm-hmm. about your dunce? Uh, my dunce was Natalie. Okay. Um, it was a bad fight and and she just didn't – yeah, I didn't like how she was, it went immediately into grumpy face mode. Yeah. Like as soon as he said anything. It definitely made it seem like 
everything he's saying is true. Everything he's saying is right. I don't have a response to it, but I'm just going to make a pouty face and make it seem like it's his fault. Right. And and it it maybe wouldn't have been so bad if we didn't see her kind of, you know, try to take the move the argument onto her turf when she called Trish. Yeah, I think the part that I struggle with and being too harsh with Natalie is I wonder if her English is really not as good as maybe it comes off sometimes. Because Mm -hmm. my interpretation of how she comes across is that, you know, she looks really pained. And I do think she does. Mm -hmm. She does use that to her advantage. But I also kind of think like she gets really quiet because she doesn't know how to say what she wants to say. I mean, she even mentioned that it's hard for her to say basic things in English when she gets like when she's in an argument. And that's what she was telling Julie Mm -hmm. in her native language. So things like that, I think, I don't know. It's not that I'm giving her a pass, but I don't want to be as hard on her. But I also feel like if the things Mike was saying was true, most of them. No, and that is absolutely fair because those are some not so great things. Except, you know what the one that got me though? What? That was that was the thing I was the Chris. We didn't talk about the yes, Christmas. Yes, I presents. was like, I need more details. What family is getting these gifts, and what yes, kind of gifts because are you getting? Depending on how this went down, yeah. this doesn't sound like he says it's something he should be that upset about. Like when he was like, "Did you want to tell him what you did with the Christmas presents? Did you want to tell him?" I thought she like burned them in the backyard or threw them away, yeah. or something like that. And he's like, "You gave them to a different family." And I was like, "Well, did you give them to like a family in need? Right. Did you give them to, like toys exactly. for tots?" Like, and exactly that's, that was that's the other thing, thing is like, well, "What kind of gifts are these?" Because I could also see him giving her these kind of jokey like toy gifts, and it's like, "Yeah, let's give them to the kids." Yeah. 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 So I I needed more detail on that because, yeah, I was like, I can imagine a lot of scenarios where what she did was fine and not childish at all, but he was all bent out of shape about it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So my dance was actually Andre. Uh, Just, you know, went into the birthday party with best intentions, but then was defensive from the beginning, like anticipating what kind of drama there was going to be, where he created drama where it wasn't. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Sure. All right. Sure. What about your life lesson? All right. So my life lesson goes to Jovi, right? Because we said that he's – there's legitimate concerns there about what that's going on about. Because that, that is kind of a, you know, worry about people. Like you worry about the people when they get into relationships, when they have children. Like are they just going to completely lose themselves into this and stop being an individual person? Mm-hmm. But he didn't frame it like that. Yeah. He framed it like you're supposed to be taking care of me too. Like you're supposed to be having fun, making my life fun. And you're supposed to be doing this for me, for me, for me. It was like he focused it around all the things that he personally was missing by her being a mom and not not framing it in terms of what the real legitimate concern is, is like, who are you as a person now? Like, you know, it's, so don't frame somebody else's self-improvement based on how it improves your life personally. Yeah, yeah. All right. My left lesson was aimed at, uh, oh, Natalie. So just fight about what you're fighting about. Don't just make it about something else or try to make things worse by broadening the parameters of your original argument, which is what I think that phone conversation to Trish was happening. It's like, all right, we're not fighting about what we think we're fighting about. And let's bring up this other thing and make it so we're fighting about more things. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Right. But then you make those more things part of the original argument because you just – sometimes you just got to take an L and be like, I was wrong on that one. But there's still other concerns, right? Right, And she she doesn't do that. She she just shifts the – 
shifts the yeah, her parameters. I was thinking the battleground mm-hmm. to something that she feels is more to her advantage. Sure, sure. Okay, so uh, that is it for this week. Um, and next week we will be back at home. So yes. hopefully the audio will be better. We apologize in advance for that. Um, and we'll be uh-huh. uh, back on Monday. Yep. Yes, on the regular day. So we'll see everybody then. Okay, sounds good. good. See you then. All right. Okay. okay. Bye. All right. Bye. Good.